for yourself for goodness sake and they're like what do you even mean clap for myself I'm like celebrate yourself come on like you did amazing tell yourself you did amazing and then tell everyone else you did it too you know there's, there's no point in being you know really humble and sitting back I think you have to go for it Welcome to Ambition to Impact. I'm Alexandra Bond Burnett and I'll be your host for the show. I'm a performance coach and I am here to share with you some nuggets of inspiration and insights on how to have greater impact, be seen, recognized and respected so that you can win the top opportunities, feel confident in those high stakes moments and ultimately feel fulfilled in what you do. Success, after all, happens when you have presence without pretense. So if you like the show, I'd love it if you subscribed and shared. And don't forget to look at the show notes where you'll find a link with resources that you can use right now. On with the show. Today, I want to share with you an amazing guest. She's got such energy and passion and actually it's passion that I want to talk to you about. Passion is really important to you as a leader. It ignites you, it fires you up, it's not just what you care about. There's a balance though of course sometimes we can care too much and that can be very draining and it can cause analysis paralysis. There's so many things but to really add passion to what you do doesn't necessarily actually have to come 100% from your job. Becky Glover, who's joining us on the show today, her story, I mean, just even listening to her life story about who she is and what she values just lights her up. I want you to listen to her voice and how it changes and how you feel listening to her because this is how people feel listening to you. A lot of the time I get someone who's really not sure what to do in their career, um, maybe isn't quite sure what the future holds for them and... And is always got to the point where they're feeling deflated and low energy because their their values aren't being met. A lack of passion can lead to just lack of anything, just just not feeling it. Does that sound like something you've come across before? And and many things can impact the way that we embrace life and leadership. It can be our stress levels, can even be depression. It can be many things that really disengage us from the joys of life. But this comes out in the way we communicate, the way we move, the way we connect with people and the way, most importantly, people buy in to what we're doing and how we're doing it. Now, this is why we present. This is why we get together. This is why people pitch for investment Otherwise, you could just submit your pitch deck. It's so we see that passion. We feel what you're feeling. We get a sense of who you are. And you're really going to get a sense of this, this, uh, this guest today. Becky is incredible. I'm, I'm trying to remember even how she came into my ether. Um, and now she just hasn't stopped popping up everywhere. Um, it's incredible the six-month journey she's been on. So Becky is a finance director of VNC Automotive. But not only that, now this is the passion bit. Um, she's also the co-founder and co-owner of of a company on that she's doing in her spare time called Elizabeth Rose Wines, which is promoting English wines in the in the UK um, because we've got such a rising rising I suppose uh, viticulture. 
culture. And, and it's incredible. So what she's doing with it, um, I, of course, was very interested because it's wine, one of my favourite things. Anyway, <laughs> so she's also now, that's the thing, not only that, she's a director and trustee and council member of AAT. That's a brand new thing. She is speaking everywhere. She's got so many engagements. She's constantly features in like ACCA and AAT magazines. She's a speaker for the Finance Business Partner Showcase, for the World Finance Forum, CFO Innovation Summit. She is doing these incredible things. And she's also been shortlisted as the rising hero in finance at the Digital Function Awards. I mean, her profile is definitely up and coming. And so much of that is because she is being seen and she's being recognized through the passion that she brings to her work and her energy. And and that really shows people how good she is at what she actually does. So Without further ado, I'd love to introduce you to Becky Glover, and I really hope you enjoy this as much as as I enjoyed recording it. As soon as I've spoken to our guest today, she seems to be popping up everywhere, so I I think I'm catching her just before she flies and skyrockets off and getting her to have a chat with me. This is Becky Glover, and she is the Finance Director of BNC Automotive and co-founder of Elizabeth Rose Wines. A few points of interest about Becky, things that you'd need to know is that Becky's a finance director at 29. And at the same time, she started her own business. Well, I say at the same time, at 28, you started your own business and left school at 17, worked her way up. So gaining accountancy qualifications in the thick of it as she went along and and she just delving into the to the world of work, uh, a natural born entrepreneur, natural born, very determined and ambitious person and and there's some really great stories that we're going to go over one involving how entrepreneurial Becky really was but before we start getting into that we're going to ask Becky what her submission is to the leaders library so Becky hello and welcome hello thank you so much for having me what an introduction (laughs) (laughs) well I mean you know it's no pressure now no pressure now so what are you going to be to sending into the leaders library and what did it do for you this book oh I love the leaders library by the way this is a like an excellent thing I love reading and it's I think it's really really important for leaders to delve into different kinds of books and try and keep learning as well so my submission into the leaders library is a book called surrounded by idiots it was written by a guy called Thomas Erickson and pretty much it's around personality types and the way he thinks about it and writes about it is in colours. So there's four different colours and he goes through his book, talks about each colour and really what's important about it I think is you can identify who you are and what colour you are or what mixtures of colours you are because it's you know everyone's slightly different and then you can take that information and go okay cool so now I can figure out what colours these other people are that I'm working with or interacting with and now I can understand where they're coming from how they want me to talk to them and just trying to understand different types of personalities how they would like to work because obviously being a leader or just being in business in a community in any sort of group of people you are going to have and you need to have lots of different types of people lots of different types of colors around you but if you can't interact with those people or get the best out of those people, then it's going to be a real struggle. So I loved this book. And actually, this 
the book came after in a, a previous job they actually went through all of our personalities we had an away day and they sort of went through this color type chart and information with us so I had a slight bit of background information and knowledge on it and then I delved into this book and just absolutely loved it like every page how it was written as well he's obviously a really funny guy and makes light of it it's not a real sort of heavy book which some can be and then I passed it on to my boyfriend and he equally is like I love this book he then passed it on to someone else so it's one of those books that really does the rounds as well and now (laughs) which is really weird but when we're talking you know over dinner he's an accountant as well so you know you can imagine our dinner conversation (laughs) we're talking and we'll actually say like oh they're a green or they're a blue we refer to people in their colors so it's really stuck with us which I mean I've read loads of books and you take away little bits from each book but this book actually has made a huge impact on me and everyone I've passed it on to so that's why I'm going to put it into the library I hope people order a copy download a copy however they want to take that information in and then they can also benefit from that and then see people and see communications in a slightly different way and hopefully that helps them to do whatever they need to do and get the best out of people so my question is has there was there like after you read this book was there an instance where you went that it really helped you and you went oh I'm going to apply this Yeah, absolutely. So being an accountant, obviously, most people have that vision in their head of what the tech, you know, the the typical accountant is. And actually, when you sort of put that into a colour, that's definitely not the colour that I am. So and I've never thought I'm the typical accountant. So I mean, in my everyday work, working with other finance professionals, I definitely may not change myself but change how I would approach situations and how I'm gonna you know amend how I communicate things and then also within my industry I obviously work within wine but I also then work in technology so I've kind of got these three angles of like wine technology and accounting and finance where the people can be quite different so you know you go down to a vineyard for instance and you meet a winemaker they're very different to being in the office and talking to a software coder or software developer. So I feel like I'm constantly changing, you know, how I'm communicating with people. So do you do like when you're going, okay, right, I'm in front of a software coder. What what happens in your brain just then? It's quite quick now, but it definitely was something I had to practice to start with. But even how you approach someone. So if you're walking straight up to a software coder, you know, you've got a bit of a march on, you know what you're there to do. That's not so great for them. They need you to maybe come up and, you know, get to the point, but in a softer way because they need facts. They need, you know, straight to the point. As I say, they're probably not interested in telling you what they did at the weekend or what happened at your weekend or what the weather is like. (laughs) So, you know, cut out all of that and get to the point and you'll get a much quicker back and forth and then you can leave. Whereas actually, you know, some other people maybe in sales, they do want to talk about the kids party that they went to at the weekend or that sort of thing they're much softer they would like the conversation they would like to build that relationship with you first 
before moving into anything businessy so yeah really different and it's quite quick now for me I don't really notice I'm doing it but definitely at the beginning I was like right what color are you (laughs) (laughs) just grading them and so watching for things like like what you job you're in how do you how do you how did you notice like what color they are Well, I think the first thing that you have to think about and what the book actually really hammers home is there's no one colour that's better than another. And every team needs all colours, but it's about how they approach things. So, uh, as I say, do they want to chat about the weather? Do they want to get straight to it? Are they very friendly? Do they want to talk about themselves a lot or do they want to talk about what they're doing and their work so all of these different things like do they delve into the details so if you're asking them about work are they very data driven do they want to talk about you know individual transactions or are they looking at the bigger picture of things and if you need those sort of detailed people to look at the bigger picture you then need to be able to describe why you need them to look at the bigger picture and what that means to you and what you're going to get out of that then. So yeah, it's fascinating and everyone is different. And I love that because in business, all aspects of business, everyone is different. So I think if you can get to grips with the people you're working with and how they like to interact and communicate, then you can get the best out of your business. But if you're you know, doing business and you're very much like, this is my person, personality and therefore this is how you need to communicate with me this is what we're doing you're not going to get the best out of those people and in a lot of businesses especially in technology where you're sort of having someone sitting and coding your main costs and your, your main sort of drivers to that business success is people so you need to get the best out of the individuals as well as the overall teams I love that so you um that is the thing I mean that's why I'm, I'm here as well is that it's about getting the very best out of people and it's I mean it's hard as well because sometimes if you're putting people into a meeting room then some people are going to have an advantage and some people are going to have to really work at finding their own way because you know a lot of time meetings are built for the extrovert ideal and and it's but it's so good to be aware and I was actually having a I was walking my dogs this morning and and something sometimes I sit there with my with otter on you know kind of and just record some thoughts if I need to like if I have anything that's popping up into my head at the moment about either a client or work or something like that and there's that phrase isn't there is speak some people say speak so others can listen Mm -hmm. um I was like why don't we what we teach that a lot don't we in business we teach that all the time but maybe we should now start to focus on listening so others can speak yeah absolutely yeah and actually like something that people have to teach themselves is how to listen like Mm. how to sit and just wait and to listen and to take that in and then speak I think there's quite a lot of sort of like hustle and bustle and just shouting out there because you think oh I need to say something but actually if you can all just sit back and listen and just take a second and then throw the ideas in actually I think that's going to be a lot more you know better quality of conversation and I think it's for the extroverts at, you know at some point to actually say 
I know there's other people in this room who aren't going to shout out if they have a really you know good thought or just a thought so actually I need to create some silence in this meeting so that they then feel comfortable to put that voice in now though we need to learn a bit more about you so we know that you're a finance director we know that you started early and you've worked your way up but we also know that you've got this other business well tell us about Elizabeth Rose Wines Yeah, so this is like a passion project between myself and my best friend. We've been great friends ever since secondary school, where, well, we probably weren't the best behaved together. We've got a very similar personality and we just instantly clicked. And so ever since we were in school, you know, sitting, probably not doing as much as we should be, our minds were wandering, being quite entrepreneurial. We always had that sort of dream and we knew that's what we wanted to do. So fast forward quite a few years, we decided that we would go on a girls holiday down to Cornwall. It was an amazing trip proper girls trip we did yoga in the mornings we went out for long walks like everything that was just so relaxing and that we just needed at that point in time and one of the things that we did was go on a tour so it was Cornish wine tours they pick you up in this minibus they drive you around to all of these wonderful vineyards and we were just hooked from the very first moment so We had drunk English wine before and we loved it. Obviously, it wasn't massively available, but there were one or two places you could get it. We would always order it. But when we went on this wine tour, we visited three vineyards and we it was a beautifully sunny day, lovely and warm. And there were honestly like we were in these rows of vines and they were like bunnies jumping through the vines. There were birds tweeting, bees humming. It was like, where are we? Like we're in Cornwall, beautiful, but it feels like we're in heaven or something. And that's what really grabbed us. And the wine was obviously incredible. These businesses are quite small. So you get to meet the owners. You, you know, you see the people out there pruning the vines. It's all there, you know, and you think of bigger brands, Whispering Angel, etc. That's on a shelf and that's what you see to the end product. But Mm. English wine and Welsh wine, You see everything. You see, you know, the people running it and they come and talk to you. They taste the wines with you. It's so inclusive and just felt lovely. So we then went home, tried to buy some English and Welsh wine online, but actually found it quite difficult. Most places we had to buy direct from the vineyard on their website. The websites weren't necessarily set up as e-commerce websites and there were you had to buy six of the same type of wine and it was quite expensive and I just thought I I don't think I I don't think I will I I clicked Mm. out I'm done you know carried on watching tv or whatever it was I was doing and then I thought that's awful like I love English wine and I've really clicked with it and I really feel passionate about the people that are doing it and these small businesses how much hard work that they're putting in to make this incredible product and even I don't want to then fulfill an order and like really push through and order that and I just thought gosh and that's because it's such hard work I thought well if I can't I don't want to do it as an English wine lover they've got no chance of you know people being a bit nosy and thinking oh yeah that sounds fun I'll just order a quick bottle of that so we decided well you know what if no one else is doing it let's just do it ourselves so then in a really short space of time so that was in the April 
that we decided to do it. Then in the September, we had a website, we were up, we were running, we were trading, we had a, a room full of stock, literally everything. Obviously, between those two months, we were working so hard, we genuinely didn't appreciate what it takes to build a website and to order stock in all of the logistics issues obviously you're transporting glass there was a lot of break jigs and it just it was crazy I now have such a better understanding of business of e-commerce just through setting up my own business it's just we really jumped in the deep end but it's been amazing our passion and our aim is still the same to promote these vineyards that are working so hard. They're all small family run, creating beautiful products that we love to get out there to the consumer. So we have a website where we try and make it as easy as possible for people to buy that wine. We have a big selection, about 150 different types of wines, everything, red wine, sparkling wine, whatever you want, we've got it. Um, and yeah, we try and make sure that we are giving our opinions and our experience of these wines because it is still a very new industry. And we understand that a lot of people probably think, oh, English wine, is that going to be any good? <laughs> so we try and give our views on things. What does it taste like? You know, that Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand, this is really similar to that. So if you like that, you can buy this. So we just try and make it as easy as possible. But it's it's been really busy it's been really tough actually in, in a lot of times but we have really really loved it and we continue to push on even in this sort of tricky climate and yeah we just hope that we'll can continue on and keep growing and keep spreading the word about how fantastic these wines are but God, you can hear how passionate you are about that and and as it, it's incredible because what a what a fantastic approach to also as you say you've learned so much about being the business owner a lot more now we're seeing that finance people are uh, partnering they're going out and chatting and going on the floor and certainly you know certainly people we've spoke to here on the show in previous episodes are very much very much an advocate of building those relationships with with everyone and taking the time like the, the investment of having stronger relationships throughout the business rather than in your own little silo but you've gone and taken it a whole other step and you've taken it to well I'm going to run a bit (laughs) I'm going to start this and through your own passion because you can hear how how connected you are to not just your own like to business but also how connected you are to all of those the the vineyard owners the families the people behind it and I I mean I live in almost the prime one of the prime wine areas that's growing in in England which is in Sussex and in fact now I believe we've now they've coined it I think they finally got it the glass of Sussex so as a Sussex girl I'm very pleased about that but uh, you know in terms of a glass of fizz I think Kent producers very annoyed who knows but it's but yeah I mean sitting right here now where I am in the high street of 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 where the village where I am I you know I'm I'm surrounded I on the walk this morning I walk past the vineyards I have you know that you can't really throw a sheep really without hitting a vineyard and uh, because and they are families I know the owners you know the people you know the all these and and how invested they are and it's a long term as well Mm. but I mean this so you're 
you went into accounting obviously clearly with this entrepreneurial vibe and you had your best friend and and it really made me smile because it reminded me I also have that best friend we actually and and we've had similar journeys and we used to write notepads and and plan things and we sit there on the phone for like four and a half hours every now and again (laughs) when we can and uh, like we did when we were teenagers (laughs) and uh, and it's wonderful but I mean did you always know that this was this was part of your story and you this is where you were going to go were there any instances when you were younger that this came up yeah I mean I've always been really interested and passionate about business and in particular like I'm not ashamed to say about making money it's just (laughs) something that I've always you know found is you know really passionate for me and is, is what I enjoy doing so I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit and I don't know if I can pinpoint a point where that grew I don't know that I can particularly however so I don't know if it's you know nature nurture that big sort of you know debate but you know my family laugh about this all the time when I you know now go out and do things and so I was when I was only nine at the time and you know as most nine-year-old girls that they want the pony they want the newest toy they you know they want whatever they always want something but for me it was a dog I really wanted a puppy and my parents probably just trying to get by of another day of wanting something else (laughs) they said (laughs) of course you can have a puppy um and I was like what are you serious and they said oh yeah like absolutely you can have a puppy you just need to buy it yourself you know so casual just a you know comment that came out they probably didn't think anything more of it they thought okay well that's not going to happen there we go we've, we've you know sort of got past that one so I said okay yeah I, I'll pay for it myself so I went and I you know bought the magazine and in the at the time there was like adverts of for puppies in the back of like dog magazines or whatever they were called and so I was like okay great so I need 500 pounds which now doesn't seem like a lot of money but when you're nine you're thinking okay (laughs) I mean I have no income so (laughs) this might be a challenge so I you know went back to my parents I said okay cool so I need 900 uh, sorry 500 pounds what can I do and they were like yeah okay sort of running with this a bit more I said well we've got loads of jobs for you to do And so what they did is they wrote this whole long list of jobs and then how much each job paid. So, I mean, it was great for them. They got, you know, the kitchen floor washed or, you know, that hoovering done or whatever it might have been. And then each time I would go to them and I'd say, oh, you know, can I wash the car today? I'd like to earn five pounds. And they're like, yeah, sure. No worries. So it went on like that for a while and they obviously thought I was going to get bored (laughs) but you know a few jobs would get done in the meantime but I didn't get bored I carried on it took me two years so yeah between nine and eleven I was doing jobs I was you know doing whatever needed to be done for two pounds here three pounds there whatever it was to then save up for this puppy so obviously me being a tricky child I guess <laughs> when I started to think do you know what this is doable but I don't want my parents to back out now <laughs> I've saved up some money they've done me a list yeah okay but what if I get to the end point and I've worked really hard and then they go oh no 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 something's changed you can't have a puppy so I thought right I'm going to write a contract <laughs> which my parents will need to sign <laughs> 
I don't know where I, you know, found the wording or whatever, but, and they still have this contract. They were like, we couldn't ever get rid of this because this was genius. So I wrote it down, drew a picture of a dog, coloured it in. It was juvenile, but it was a contract. And then I signed it. I got my mum and dad to sign it. It was pretty legally binding, I'm sure. So they were like, oh gosh, okay. So I got to the two years, I saved up my money and then yeah, off we went to buy a puppy and yeah, he was amazing. And and I think that actually showed me as a child, you know, there aren't many children that would have done that. They would have got bored and, you know, wanted for something else in the meantime. But I think what that has always showed me and even now I'm like, yes, I can do it because I have that sort of Mm. resilience. I have that grit somewhere inside me to not give up and I think that's always been important and if I really want something I can do it but it has to be something you really want so I really wanted the puppy or I really wanted a business or I really wanted to get to being a finance director but whatever it might have been I know that and every time I do it so every time I get to that point of yeah I got to my goal it kind of reaffirms to myself that yes I can do it and that helps me along my journey but yeah I mean I, I don't know what my parents were thinking but they never said it to me again <laughs> I'd have been if yeah I, I if my son had done that I'm almost wondering if this is what I'm in for you know yeah. I, like, but that's incredible that you thought to do all of those things and then you held them to account as well and mm. you you didn't just you didn't just say I want this and leave it alone you actually had that internal something or other that made you go right how am I going to make this happen and and not only that you didn't try and do it just yourself you actually involved other people so you were also almost leading going right I want this to happen here's my goal what do I need to do to do this? And you're asking, you know, for the price list and things like that. So it's incredible that, you know, to have that, that nous really at that age. Do you take those, that resilience, that, that grit, that determination, you clearly have that with you still today and now. What does the future, do you think, hold for you as a leader? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I mean, I love business, I love finance, and I think finance is an extremely part of a business, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, what I would hope for in the future is to gain further business experience, so wider business experience. As I said, setting up my own company was crazy. I mean, I got so much experience from it, you know, like marketing. I would never have thought about how to market a product before and doing Google ads and, you know, how does social media work and can you promote on social media? All of that sort of stuff that you just don't get from being in finance and even really maybe business part, business partnering, um, because there's always someone better that can do it for you or can help you or whatever but you know for me and my friend we neither of us were better so we just had to muddle through and figure it out for ourselves so I I hope that yeah there'll be more businesses in the pipeline there'll be more I don't know what that would be at the moment it's not like I've got a perfect business idea but yeah there'll there'll be definitely more business in the pipeline obviously surrounded by finance and accounting but yeah I mean at the end of the day business is what I love making money for myself but also bringing other people along for that ride is what I love so 
yeah, I just, I'm so excited. There's so much going on at the moment. I'm so grateful to be a part of, obviously, one of which is this podcast. And I just love it. I just get so excited about <laughs> doing these different things. Because when you're training in accountancy, you you sort of think, oh God, is this it? You know, I have to follow these rules of like accounting standards and like, oh God, can I not just think for myself? And I think then moving out of finance a little bit and into business, into sort of the entrepreneurial space gives you that breathing room to go, okay, what else can we do? And whilst that always sounds very exciting, it's also very scary (laughs) because as I said, like there is you know not always other people other experts to turn to and go oh so what should we do with this you've done it before you help me it's you going okay well I don't know if this is going to work I don't know if it's going to fail might be a massive waste of my time but let's do it anyway so it's exciting but also want to get across that it's not always easy and you do just have to take a leap of faith sometimes and see what happens (laughs) What lessons have been massively valuable that you've taken from running your own business? I mean, I know that you've been in the thick of it and you've been and you've said it's been hard and you said, but it's also been extremely valuable and seeing what everyone else does. What would you say the top, the best lessons that you've learned, but as a finance leader that you've Mm. taken away? Something that I've actually learned really recently, which I keep telling other people now because I had never even heard other people say it really and then I figured it out it was like a light bulb moment for me and now I'm like telling everyone (laughs) is that you have to clap for yourself like which means like you have to be the one that goes guys I can do this or I've done it and look it's brilliant look at it look at it keep looking at it no look at it again like it's good because you you're kind of going on your career journey leadership journey whatever it is and you're going, oh, okay, well, I'll just get to this next level. And then someone will promote me to the next mm. level. And someone will send me on a training course. Or there's always someone else involved. But there doesn't need to be. Yes, it's very mm. helpful if you've got someone that's going to mentor you and push you through things. But at the end of the day, you need to be able to look at yourself and go okay well I'm going to do that training course because I think it'll be good for me or I'm going to post this thing on LinkedIn or whatever saying that I've achieved xyz because no one else will (laughs) and it's quite a cold and sort of brutal thing to discover but once you do discover it actually it's quite liberating because you're like well yeah it's great to have the help of people and have you know people pushing you up but actually I can do that myself too and by gaining that experience of putting myself on that training course or going to that networking meeting and talking to people and all these different and scary things but actually you've done that now and so you look back and you're like oh do you know what that's so great that I did that and then that gives you again that push forward to the next step so I think that that's like I keep telling people clap for yourself for goodness sake and they're like what do you even mean clap for myself I'm like celebrate yourself come on like you did amazing tell yourself you did amazing and then tell everyone else you did it too you know there's there's no point in being you know really humble and sitting back I think you have to go for it I love so so excited you said that that's one of the biggest learning points if I'm working with someone it's like to to get to that point though because in a way I've even started writing about this so I'm sure I'll probably do an episode on 
this, there's a link towards this fear of putting yourself out there and fear of being seen as arrogant yeah. and fear of being as seen as, as that person who's a, mm. as a braggart or just not very nice and being, and it's because you want people to like you and you want to like yourself, but that doesn't mean you can't celebrate. That doesn't mean you can't clap for yourself. And that doesn't mean, yeah. you know, that you shouldn't say things. And, and I wonder if actually you can be humble still, but say, hey, I'm really proud of myself for doing this. And it's not, you know, maybe they could have done better. Maybe they did. It's not about them. It's about me and that yeah. I pushed myself to my personal best. So if you're listening right now, I want you to actually think about that. How do you celebrate when you have achieved a new personal best? Because do you know that it's not just a great thing to do because it feels good, but neurologically speaking, if we're forming better habits and pushing ourselves to reach our potential, if you're building new neural pathways, if we're looking at neuroscience and neuroplasticity, which is basically creating, creating new habits, forming better habits, you have to have those chemicals, the reward chemicals like dopamine, you can use to your advantage. You can almost get addicted to achieving and and that is what you need to do you have to be able to celebrate it and celebrate those wins so that you're releasing those chemicals the serotonin the oxytocin that that the the dopamine so that you can have really great that you're forging that new neural pathway it's going oh we're going to want to go down that you know we're going to going to want to go down there again and do that again and that's where so i, I as you can tell, I feel very much the fact that that is such an important lesson, such a valuable lesson that you do need to take control of your own of your own life as well. Something that I found as well is I didn't realise that when I started clapping for myself, others would be more willing to clap for me. So you put something out there and you go, oh, I'm so proud I've just done this then mm. other people go oh my god that's amazing well done you you know etc etc and you're like oh oh thanks so you put it out there and you're cringing you click that post button you're like oh god I hate myself just a little bit for doing that but then other people go amazing well done you know it's well deserved etc and you're just like oh that's so amazing and then you think oh yeah of course because if I didn't tell them they wouldn't know. So you can sit there and think, oh, why do I never get some success or celebrated or whatever? But they don't know. <laughs> so yeah. you're not going to get someone knocking on your door and going, well done, you're amazing for no reason. I mean, that would be weird. But <laughs> if you're putting yourself out there and then they say it, that's, you know, an incredible feeling. So yeah, once you start it off, someone has to be the first one to clap in a massive round of applause don't they and why not like just do that for yourself like you know why not get it done what an amazing lesson to have learned that and to, and you can see how you do that in such a way that is in tune with your values and it sounds like you've really connected to that if I don't do that then the payoff is is that I won't be able to do all of the incredible things that you do not only for the business that you work in for yourself but all for the other businesses as well and you can uh, just hearing you and I hope every, anyone listening to this as well can really hear just that that need to celebrate not need but that that's I don't know if you've noticed but you, that sounds so connected to I have to be at my very best and celebrate myself and pursue my 
ambition to be great so that I can help other people because at the very beginning of this that's what you were driven by I we saw all these vineyard owners we want to help them you saw the business that you're working in now you've wanted to help them and it's driven that the values that you have the purpose that you have has then connected like what do I need to do for me to be best mm, to be yeah. at the best would you say that's right absolutely yeah and you go through your journey and you don't really realize you know you think oh well maybe I can do best by these people these vineyard owners the you know small businesses mm. by you know plugging them and whatever but actually you need to look and go right okay well what can I do because actually if you're both doing it so you know Mrs XYZ you know Z they're doing what they can do and then if you can do what you can do well that's double the effort for that one business and then that spreads and if someone else can do one more bit you know it's like a ripple effect out isn't it but someone has to start it so someone needs to just go this is amazing (laughs) let's look at this I'm gonna we're gonna wrap it up at that point because I I have this thing where you see people posting online it's like someone should do something it's like you know you are someone yeah exactly (laughs) you are someone out there and on that note I'm gonna say this has been a wonderful and energetic and and really just brilliant podcast episode thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story thank you it's been amazing and um, yeah I hope everyone enjoys it oh before we go of course where can we connect with you where can we find out more and and of course we'll put any links in the show notes absolutely so the business main sort of outlet is instagram but we're on everything pinterest twitter linkedin everything and then for myself i'm also on linkedin and instagram as well so the business the instagram and everything you'll find us under elizabeth rose wines and then on linkedin and on instagram for myself it's rebecca r glover but yeah you'll put the links in anyway they can use those Go and go and connect with this woman. She's she's incredible. So thank you so much for joining us. And on thank that note, uh, we'll say goodbye, everyone. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Now, if you like the episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. It would mean the world to me. And if you'd like to find out more about my coaching program so I can help you raise your profile and be a better and more incredible leader so that you can win those opportunities, have more influence, feel more connected to who you are and what you do and build really important strategic relationships, then you might be interested in my program, which is starting in February again. So do get in touch, find me on LinkedIn, or you can go to www.speakingambition. Thanks for listening.